Hello and welcome to the Healing Codes Podcast. I'm Julie Williams, your host, sending you weekly healing activations and inspirations for health and well-being. Today's episode is the first in the Authentic Relating series, where I'll be exploring what it means to have authentic connections and how to achieve them with practical tools, skills, and knowledge. I'll be using the practice of consciousness medicine to explore how to achieve embodiment, connection, and compassion for yourself and others on all levels of being, which is the foundation to connecting authentically. An authentic connection is a genuine connection with somebody and ourselves where we drop the masks, we become vulnerable, and compassionately share our truth. When we do this, our relationships are naturally improved as we are able to drop the drama and connect more deeply with our hearts, where compassion, trust, and truth are more accessible. Being able to create and maintain heart-based connections takes safety, support, and good communication skills. It takes revising old conditioned patterns from childhood, including limiting beliefs and identity structures that keep us from accessing the truth of our needs, self-empowerment, and self-love. For example, if you were conditioned as a child to be a people pleaser or have codependent tendencies in relationships, your ability to connect authentically is limited as you are probably prioritizing the needs of others before yours, saying yes to things that you aren't aligned with, or creating unspoken expectations that will breed disappointment, ultimately leading to conflict, drama, and upset. It's important to note here that any connection outside of yourself first begins with your relationship with yourself. So the first step in creating authentic connections with others is to nourish this within yourself first, or simultaneously at least. A great way to get a sense of how you are connecting with yourself is to listen to your inner dialogue or how you talk to yourself within the deeper recesses of your mind. We all have some kind of inner dialogue, but rarely give it the spotlight to be seen and heard. It runs in the background like static without us paying much attention to it. The louder it becomes, the more we distract ourselves by keeping busy, avoiding quiet at all costs, or using numbing substances like alcohol, drugs, or sugar. While this may help in the short term, eventually we must all face our inner dialogue and the feelings it brings with it in order to access a healthy, happy, and abundant life. Meditation or practice involving stillness is a great way to quiet down the activity of the mind enough to hear your inner dialogue. Simply sitting quietly, or even driving without music on in your car, for example, can help you hear what and how you are communicating with yourself. Once you begin to hear your inner narrator, critic, or commenter, you'll learn to foster a relationship with it to listen more closely on a more frequent basis. For example, I recently had a client who every time she was talking to someone, her inner dialogue went something like this. Wow, what they're saying is so interesting. I hope I can be that interesting. Okay, oh, it's almost my time to talk now. I hope I don't say something silly. And on like that. This is an example of an active inner critic who is judging herself and assuming that the other person is doing so as well. Maybe your inner dialogue when you are alone is reflecting on past interactions and saying something like, I can't believe they said that to me. 
I should have told them to shut up. Or, I feel so lonely today. What if I'm alone forever? Take a moment to get still enough to quiet the mind and to bring your inner dialogue into focus and hear it more clearly. Keep compassion for yourself while doing this and release any judgment about it. Allow emotions to pass through like wind through a spider web as you do this and simply note the content of this inner dialogue. You can also get some insight into your inner dialogue by thinking back to the things that your parents said to you as a child. Our childhood conditioning creates our inner dialogue by internalizing our parents' dialogue with us as our own. As we grow into adults and we're not under the direct influence of our parents like we were when we were children, most of us keep our parents' voices running on a loop in our mind's eye that sets the basis for our inner dialogue. If you listen in and hear the voice of your mother, your father, or another authority figure that isn't serving to keep you empowered and connected to the true essence of who you are, feel free to release those voices now. Take the lessons learned from that internalized parental dialogue, knowing that no matter what the content, the true intention behind those words, however misguided they may have been, was love, support, and protection. Hear the words from a higher self of your parents or their divine soul aspects within them, free from story, personality, and pain. Allow the love, support, and protection of their words to be received by your higher soul self, creating a connection from the heart of your parents, free from their individual story, directly to your own heart. Drop into your heart as you begin to clear the remnants of emotional projections that once limited your ability to speak kindly and compassionately to yourself. As you do this, connect to your inner best friend, the aspect within you that loves you unconditionally, who supports you in all that you do and reminds you when needed that you are always in the right place doing the right thing at the right time. This is your inner advocate who celebrates your achievements and hugs you when you feel low. Listen to what this inner best friend has to say as you replace the old voices of your inner dialogue with this new, positive, empowered, loving, confident voice of your inner best friend who is there to celebrate you and give you guidance whenever you need it. All you have to do is get still, quiet, and listen from your heart. This will help you learn to speak kindly to yourself with support, love, compassion, and gratitude for this gift of life that you are living. Now that you have the skills to nourish a compassionate connection with yourself, the next step is to allow yourself to be vulnerable by connecting in with your needs. When there is a conflict between people or within yourself, it is a sign that there are needs that are not being met that are causing emotional responses that prevent us from being able to communicate with kindness, empathy, and vulnerability. Instead, we get caught up in a cycle of blame, judgment, and criticism that derail the ability to connect authentically. A great resource to help this process is the work of Marshall Rosenberg, who wrote NVC, Nonviolent Communication, a Language of Life, Life-Changing Tools for Healthy Relationships. His NVC process involves being able to observe the experience from a non-judgmental, compassionate place, identify the emotions associated with the situation, 
uncover the unmet needs associated with that emotion, and be able to formulate a specific request that enriches life for everyone involved. The basic formula goes like this. When you do X, it makes me feel Y. My need is for A. My request is B. When you don't call me on our scheduled day, it makes me feel disappointed and sad. I would like for you to be able to show up at our planned time as I enjoy our time together listening, sharing, and laughing. Is that something you can agree to? Rosenberg's work is a great way to reduce conflict by staying compassionate and focused on our own feelings and needs rather than projecting them onto others through blame, criticism, and then we can formulate from that place a specific request that allows the other person to receive it with compassion, eliminating the drama of becoming defensive, angry, or shutting down. I've used Rosenberg's tools for many years, and it is also required reading for all of my courses. I also use NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, together with NVC, as I find it adds another dimension to authentic communication that supercharges both practices. While NVC gives a formula for authentic, vulnerable, and trusting connection, NLP allows us to understand at a deeper level the reasons why we are not able to access true, genuine connection, and gives us the skills to revise our conditioned patterning to be able to access our inner truth based on emotional responses and unmet needs. For example, when we have a heightened emotional response, this usually indicates we have been triggered by something from our past, usually from childhood. In the NVC process of being able to identify the feelings that will lead us to understanding our needs, if we are triggered, we will become overwhelmed by these feelings, making us unresourceful and unable to stay connected with our present day self. This makes it impossible to be able to continue with the NBC process of identifying needs and making compassionate requests. Instead, part of us regresses to the age where the trigger originated, sending us back into the past in our timeline, losing connection to the present moment where the truth lies. We then act out of these heightened emotions rather than being able to stay calm, compassionate, and centered in our heart in order to formulate a request based on our needs. The result is usually drama, conflict, fighting, and exasperation. NLP allows us to be able to identify triggers such that we can see them coming and have the skills to make different choices so that our emotions stay at a 3 out of 10 rather than escalating in a nanosecond to 10 out of 10. It is a process like this parable I'm paraphrasing from Portia Nelson's poem. I walk down the street. I fall into the hole. I walk down the street. I see the hole. I fall into the hole. I walk down the street, I see the hole, I walk around the hole. I walk down a different street. This is a description of the journey in releasing the hold old triggers have on us by taking back our personal power and choice to be able to avoid and eliminate the triggers that derail us from staying connected with our authentic selves and connecting from that place. When we are aware of our own triggers, the hole in the parable above, we will fall into them without realizing it. Our job then becomes to use our skills we have to get ourselves out of the hole, which includes seeking the help of a skilled therapist to unwire these triggers if needed. 
we then will see the trigger, but not have the strength in our choices to stop the habituated neural net pathways from firing in our brain, even though we have seen the hole and we still fall in. The good news is, is that the mere act of observing it before falling in begins to disrupt our habituated brain chemistry that supports the old condition triggers. This allows us to be able to begin to build new neural net pathways to see the hole and make a conscious choice to walk around the hole, acknowledging the trigger, but being able to make a choice that results in a different outcome. This strengthens the new neural net pathways, creating a new habituated way of being that allows us to create a different experience in life and be able to choose to walk down a different street. This is the secret sauce behind NLP, which is that it builds lasting change by creating and habituating new brain chemistry to support and create the experience in life we want. One way to help lessen the effect of becoming triggered and overwhelmed with old emotions is to keep yourself located in the present through sensory-based observations. Taking a breath and connecting with your senses to observe what you're seeing in this moment, noticing what you're hearing, picking up the sense you're smelling, and connecting in with your body to notice any physical sensations you may be feeling. This will help loosen the hold the past has on you to locate you in the present moment, which helps reduce emotional triggers. Staying connected to what you observe also allows for you to be able to communicate your requests using the NVC process. For example, it's the difference between saying, you don't care about me because you don't call me, to the sensory-based observation of, you missed our weekly call yesterday that we agreed to. This makes me feel confused and sad. I know you are busy, but is it possible for you to schedule and show up for weekly phone calls with me? Can you hear the difference in those two statements? One is a judgment and projection using vague languaging coming from a triggered place of feeling unlovable. The second is a specific observation of the actions stated in a fact-based way where one is taking responsibility for their feelings. This allows for the need to be clearly identified and a request to be made from a compassionate place that allows the other person to agree or communicate their needs in negotiating a win-win situation from a drama-free place. Communication is one of the best tools we have to facilitate authentic connections. I hope this episode has helped give you information and skills to begin to get in touch with us. Stay tuned for next week's episode as we will continue to build skills for authentic relating. If you'd like to learn more about me and my consciousness medicine work, please visit my website at www.consciousness-medicine.com where you can also stay connected on social media and sign up for my e-newsletter from the links on the homepage. If you've enjoyed this or any other episode, please feel free to share, comment, and leave a review. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you again next week.